Well, praise the Lord. We are going to continue our series on Closer. Um, and today we're going to talk about how we are drawing closer to God. And as we're doing that, that our destiny is going to be revealed. Amen. So in getting closer to God and drawing closer to Him, today I want to talk about embracing change. So if you have your inserts, you can pull those out and begin to look at those. But how many would say that change is never natural or easy? You know, we all start out the new year with all these resolutions that we sometimes rarely keep. We start, often, we start out often really good and start out good, but then we get back in our old habits, our old past, our old mindsets, and we kind of trend back and default back to our old ways. So, but today I need to let you know that as we draw closer to God, it's essential that we embrace change. That we embrace change. And so we're going to be talking about that today. If we don't embrace change, we can go through life and never reach that God-given full potential. Or never be able to present or be that person that you really want to be. You know that change is inevitable in our life. Change is inevitable in everything that we're doing, no matter how happy we are and no matter how much we can be in that status quo or I'm comfortable, we know that change will always be on the horizon. How many know what I'm talking about? So as we're forever growing, we're expanding, um, and we're aging and we're shifting, what is it? What is it that can be so overbearing or so scary that we're afraid to look at it? We're afraid to change. Why is it, a question I have, that so many we just instantly repel when we start thinking about, man, we need to change this, or we can need to change that. I want to challenge you today that if we could only learn to let change work for us, to where we benefit for having change, that we could be happier in our lives and we could have a process of the growth that God has for us. So today, I want you to embrace change and know that it's our key for success and happiness. Amen? So, so I want to lay that ground work. The reason I'm on this so hard and I keep going with it is I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me that change is in our, is in our future. Change is in the air. Get ready. Change is coming. I believe that we have more victories to win. I believe we have more things to do for the Lord. I believe we have more God encounters, people to meet. I believe there's more of God's life and happiness that He wants us to experience. So today, we're going to look at, again, embracing change. And first of all, it takes, and we've talked about this for a couple weeks now, but I want it to be in our head. The first thing is it takes an honest look or an honest evaluation. And as we talked last week, we said the first thing is we have to ask ourselves the hard question. And you know what's hard about asking ourselves is because sometimes getting ourselves together, it requires that honest look at our life. And here's what's tough is realizing when we take that honest look, sometimes it can be us that is holding us back. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we're like, ooh, it's me that's standing in the way. So we have to ask ourselves. We have to honestly look. The other thing is we can ask other people. Ask other people. And in our text, the whole uh, premise of the teaching the last few weeks has been Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2. And I hope you've been reading that. But Nehemiah said, I asked the Jews. I asked the Jews how things were going. 
So we can take an honest look ourselves. We can ask other people. And then number one, my favorite, is asking God. Asking God. And if you look at that scripture on Psalms 139 on the screen, it says, examine me, know my mind, test me, find out, guide me. You see all those action things. You see, examine me, know me, test me, discover me, find out. That's a person that's laying himself open. How many know you can trust God? to lay yourself open to and ask him what he's seeing. So those three ways we have to take an honest look. And then after we see that honest look, we have to take courage. Turn to your neighbor and say, take courage. Sometimes courage is something you have to seize. You have to take it. You have to, to get that. To, they, they take that courage and face the truth. You know, in Nehemiah, they had the bad report. They said, hey, things aren't going real well. Things aren't going real well. There's trouble. There's disgrace. The walls are down. Things are torn up. You can relate that to challenges in your life. Man, it's not going well. Things are torn down. Things are tore up. Things are being destroyed. But I want to say take courage and look at what our state of life is to me, to you. And some things you can look at, you can say, what's my relationship like with the Lord? What's my relationship look like with people that are important to me? How, how is work? How am, I, how am I pleased at where I'm at in life? Even yesterday, Luke told me that, that he loves his job completely. If he could do anything, it would be what he's doing. He said, I wish I got paid a little bit more. How many always want to get paid a little bit more? But he's taken an honest look because he's still at a point, maybe it's a career change. But just be open. I'm telling you, change is in the air. And whenever change is in the air, God is always moving you to something better. So the first thing is an honest evaluation. The second thing is stop. Stop and pray. When I heard this, I sat down, I wept, I fasted, I prayed to the God of heavens. One of the best decisions we can do is when we're looking at change, especially when you're feeling an, imp an impulse or you're facing a high-stakes dilemma where you've got a big decision. Brothers and sisters, we need to stop. We need to stop and not be hasty. Stop, take a time out, pray for guidance, sleep on it. Maybe get a friend and, and ask for some godly wisdom. And, and, and maybe you can picture or think about, if you make this choice, how it's going to play out. How many know what I'm talking about? So you're praying about it, and you're stopping, and you're li listening. But also with change, sometimes it means there is something that you need to stop. There's something that you need to, everybody say stop. We just, there's sometimes you just need to stop that. Don't do that. Stop that. Uh, there's something that, that you need to ask God what it, what it may be that he may be just asking you, hey, stop that. Don't do that anymore because I want you to move closer to me. Are you doing anything that's taking you in a direction that you don't want to go or that God doesn't want you to go? Brothers and sisters, this week, this has been heavy on my heart. Sometimes I see people giving over to things, get, get, being, letting their emotions take over or letting uh, situations in life take over. I've been hearing the Lord say, put your feet down and say, stop it. You know, the Bible says, submit your will to God. How many of you, when you, sub, the, the, when you submit your will to God and then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I believe that God is calling us to, to some of the things that just run you over and some of the things you just default and do. 
Some of those things that God is wanting to bring change, I believe that it's going to take you planting your foot in the sand and putting your feet down and say, I renounce this. I submit my will to God. This is the change that I want to happen. I resist the devil. I resist this temptation. And God's going to empower me to live the, what, the life he wants me. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. If, in the, if it's an addiction, if it's an addiction to food or porn or, or social media, if it's an addiction of approval of man, if it's an addiction to work, whatever it is, I believe God is calling us to stop to stop when a behavior or relationship takes us in a direction that we know is moving us farther away from our destination. We need to pause and we need to consider the consequences, count the cost, choose to stop traveling that way and start traveling the right way with God. I'm telling you, is there a possible direction that we need to stop heading through prayer? And start in a new direction. Brothers and sisters, I believe that we need to treat every choice like it's a stepping stone towards your destiny. Seriously, every choice is a stepping stone. If you were going across the pond and you need to step on stones to get across the pond. Every choice. Stop, consider, choose, and start. And so I, in your insert, I ask you um, to... I ask you and ask yourself, if I make the choice I'm considering, where would it take you? And number two, what can I stop? I want you to jot it down in your insert. What is God asking me to stop in order to move closer to Him? So after you take an honest outlook, then you stop and you pray about it, and you might find out that you need to stop some stuff. The next thing is you're now ready to start something new. Let's start something new. Let's turn over a new leaf. Let's begin a new direction. Let's don't default to the direction or the path that we always know. No matter how uncertain or afraid or stuck you may feel right now, your story continues. It continues and what will you start today? Maybe it's praying with your spouse. Maybe it's being nice to your spouse. Maybe it's giving God more, um, more area and access, access into your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's, man, I loved it the other day when Chad sent me a, man, Church on the Rock, everybody should have version downloaded on your phones. Everybody should. And, and make it where you can be friends with people. Because then people can say, I mean, I could look at, at Chad or Eric or, 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 or I could just look at you guys and say, hey, Let's do this Bible study together. And then you read the same Bible study together and you put comments in. Clayton, I mean, we can just do that stuff. That's fellowship. Maybe that's something you can start today. Maybe you can start showing up on time to work. Maybe it's going to counseling and dealing with an unsolved issue. Maybe it's living with more generosity or care. But I'm telling you, we got to start somewhere. Maybe it's starting serving others instead of yourself on everything. Serving your family, your church, your community. So I want you to open up your insert again. Again, I don't want you to overthink it, but take a moment and write down on paper. Write down in your insert. Write down what do you need to start doing to move in that direction that you want your life story to tell. If you want your marriage, what, what direction? What direction? 
You know, the Bible says, for the former things don't dwell on. The Lord says, see this, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not, and, and you do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in a wasteland. That's a powerful scripture. Let's get rid of the past. Let's get rid of the past and let's step. How many hear the Spirit, even while I'm preaching this? You just, in your heart, you're like, I want to step into something new. I want to step into something new. You can, which brings me to the next, the next point. As you embrace change, as you're embracing change, you're not scared of it, you're not fearful of it, but as you're embracing it, that is when a dream or a vision of the Lord will be born in you. I, I, I took it in and out of my notes all the time, but to me it's like being impregnated. A, a, a vision just, you, you, you're, you're, you're pregnant with it. And, 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 you're, and, you're, and you're taking that nine months to, to, to nurture and to take care of that. But then there's a time where you give birth to that vision. Or you give birth to that dream. You know, I'm telling you that your current life is too small. Your current life is too small to fit the big dream that God has for you. I'm telling you, I feel that. Your current life, the current parameters, the, the, the guardrails. I mean, we're not bowling with, with guardrails here today. The guardrails to keep you from going in. Take them guardrails off, man. Where God's wanting to take us, it's bigger than when we currently are. You know, the Bible says that eye hath not seen, nor entered into the heart of man, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. How many love God today? Do you realize that God has called you? You know, sometimes we just get content. We get like the, the children of Israel and the day of Moses. And when we're like, well, we're having to be slaves. And we're having to make these bricks. And, 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 but we do have food. Uh, we, we even get onions and garlic. Um, at least we get to live together. Why are you settling for, just, why are you settling for that? Why do we settle for seconds? When God wants to give us the best. Jeremiah prophesied and he said, why are you settling for cistern water? Anybody ever had cistern water? Some of the, now we're dating ourselves. Uh, sister, I haven't had it, but, but oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, sister, I mean, a rat can fall in there. And, and there's wiggle tails and all this stuff. Why are we settling for that when we can drink? Living water. Living water. So, so how, do, how do I, you know, where there is no vision, there is no movement or advancement. Where there is no vision, there is no movement. There is no um, advancement. Scripture says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. So how do I envision? How do I dream? And I shared with you last week where I went through a time where I, Got where I couldn't dream anymore. Has it, does it ever get so bad to where you lose that hope? You know, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Have you, do you feel sick in some relationships or sick in some areas of your life to where that hope is gone because you've been deferred so long? Brothers and sisters, we can't lose heart. We can't lose heart through, through those times um, that, that, that God is going to, 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 how do I get this vision? How do I get this dream? God can put it in you. Hey, guys, on the screen, I don't remember if I put this up, but vision and passion 
Vision and passion, is it on the screen? Are born in prayer and maintained through prayer. That's where I get vision is in prayer. And you might like, well, hey guys, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. We think prayer, we got to talk the whole time. Sometimes prayer is just walking. It's thinking. It's shutting things out. It's meditating. It's, 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 it, it, guys, the, the Bible says that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. I'm telling you that if you will quiet your, your mind and you'll quiet yourself and you'll turn the TV off and turn your phones off and you get in a quiet place and you sincerely ask God for direction and a dream, God, where do you want my life spiritually? What do you want me to do? What is my career choice? Why is it my marriage acting right? Why is it me and my kids can't get along? Why is it there's a fight between our siblings? Why is that? I'm telling you guys, God will speak to you. It'll speak to you. And, and you just know it. You just know it. I don't know how to explain it. You just know it. It brings a peace and there's a confidence and there's something released in you where you're like, I know if I do that, it's going to be a good thing. But when we do that, when we receive or we hear something in prayer, don't go do it and then look at your time clock and make sure something happens because of what you did. Keep doing what God tells you to do and trust him in the timing when things work out. A lot of times people will start down that course where a dream's born, they start acting on the dream, but then they just give up because they don't see that immediate response. But God, he's not on your, he's not on your wristwatch. You know, you, you, some, some of the problems and difficulties and the challenges that we put ourselves in, it took years to get in those. It's going to take a little time to work them out. Are you all with me? But the Bible says that he will make straight the crooked path. Are you all with me? So we can have hope today. God can put a vision back. And guys, after you get a vision, I, I've got to emphasize this. I can't tell you how important it is that you release the vision in the earth. You know the scripture in Matthew 6.10, give us this day where it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now I could go into a whole sermon about why you need to pray. Prayer is releasing God's will on the earth through you, his vessel. You have to, prayer's important. And, 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 and so, so when, and, and even the Bible says, exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think according to the power that works in me. When, when you pray, you, you don't just think it, say, Lord, I thank you that my marriage is getting better. And Lord, I thank you that you're establishing gentleness in my heart. Lord, I thank you that you're making me more sensitive to my wife's needs. Lord, I thank you that I'm just not blowing up in angle, anger and having a power move with my kids that provokes them to anger and I rule the iron arm, that you're changing me. Lord, I thank you that, 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 that Lord, I pluck my eyes today, that I'm not going to sit down and, and, and look at pornography or do things on the internet or, Lord establish it a prayer is establishing it guys there's a whole teaching on dominion and whether you know about it or don't know about it or whether you like it or don't like it it's truth you were given authority in the earth and the reason you pray it's releasing God's plans in the earth so so pray and release God's plan um, man I could go on and on, and on. I, I, I'll give you a short one 
our projects staled out a couple years ago. We had been trying to get money for that pavilion for months, and it was trickling in like two, two three, four hundred bucks a month. Well, it's going to take a lot of months to build a $40,000 pavilion when two, two to four hundred dollars are trickling in every week. Well, a friend came up and challenged me, what's God telling you? And let's declare it. Let's declare it. And let's proclaim it through prayer. We stood up on the third floor, me and my friend. And we stood up and we said, Lord, we thank you that we have the, the most beautiful campus in this community. Lord, we thank you that this is going to be a campus where the community can come. Lord, I pray that this campus will be full of children playing. I pray there will be soccer fields. I pray that we'll not only have the, the, some grass, we'll have the best grass. Lord, I pray, and we just kept declaring. Lord, we declare that pavilion's done. We declare that's, that's done. You know something I pray every day on, on, when I get to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors? I pray the Lord's Prayer every day. I pray every day, Lord, forgive Church on the Rock our physical, financial debt. We're declaring it. When we do that, it opens up heaven to where miracles can begin to happen. Brothers, you have to declare your dreams. You have to, 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 to speak out. And to, back to that story, nothing was happening. We had a seventy or $90,000 to get a hundred amps out to the pavilion just to start long story short in less than two or three months God gave us two hundred thousand dollars gave us a every gave us that whole front yard has a sprinkler system in it all that you guys see the soccer fields you guys see the pavilion. You guys see, guys, uh, that 70,000, we was just to get 100 amps out to the pavilion. We put 200 amps out to the pavilion, put power where now we have lighting out in the parking lot, ran lighting down to where now our signs hooked up at the end of the road. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm telling you, it didn't happen until we released it in prayer. Like it or don't like it, I believe it's truth. Release it. Release it. You have to release it. Your kingdom. Don't, don't make it hard. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my marriage as it is in heaven. And then think about how your marriage ought to be in heaven and it will show you how to pray. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on, on, on this healing that I'm looking for and this emotional healing, this physical healing I'm looking for in my body. Are there any sick people running around in heaven? Are there any people that are, that, that are, God delivers. Believe for deliverance here and now. Believe for healing here and now. I'm telling you, the gospel is still true. Healing still works. Deliverance still works. Salvation is still here. We need to believe. We need to believe for it. We need to believe for these things. I don't want to be a dead church in a club that gets together and play patty cake. I want to see the hand of God in these end times. I'm telling you, God's coming back for a glorious church. Hallelujah. So embrace change means planning for success. I'm not going to hit that one hard because you all heard that last week. You heard all this, but I may preach it again next week because I keep hearing the Lord say, keep preaching that. Keep preaching that. And then embracing change 
requires staying power. This is under, um, this is under embracing means, means planning for success. Write your plans down. Write it down. Write your plans down. Read that Habakkuk 2. Throw it up there. They can read it. Well, I'm, I'm not going to read it, but throw it up there. Read that Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. Uh, write it down on the, ta- on the tables. Get plans. The reason you need to write it down is because that's where it helps you with staying power. Everybody say staying power. Staying power when you want to quit. Often the best and most rewarding decisions you can make is when you stay the course when it would have been simpler to retreat. I'm not saying you'll never walk away or you'll never back up, but before you decide to walk away, ask yourself, am I giving up because it's the right thing or am I giving up because I'm looking for an easier way? Sometimes the greatest acts of faith, sometimes the greatest acts of faith, show me a man of faith. Is it somebody that raises the dead? Is it somebody that heals the sick? Show me an act of faith. I say the strongest and the greatest act of faith is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Staying where you're planted. Gutting it out when you want to run. And years from now, you'll, ba- you'll look back and you'll thank God you didn't want to run, that you didn't quit. Because you're not a quitter. How many know that you're created in the image of God? Anybody created in the image of God? He's the author and he's the finisher of faith. And you're not a quitter. Come on, give the Lord a praise for that. We are not quitters. So now on your sheets, I want you to ask God, is there anything that you're trying to walk away from? Is there something you're trying to walk away from that God wants you to stay and finish? Man, I've never seen quitters like today i never seen quitters. Uh, it gets tough. People just quit. Quit. Eh, I don't like quit. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm trying to walk away. Is there something that you're trying to walk away that God is saying, stay and finish? Give me your strength, Lord. Ask the Lord. Say, give me your strength, Lord, to press on. Then my final point. Musicians, give me about three more minutes if you don't care. My final point is embracing change means take action, execute, and do it. Do it. Plans are worthless. Visions are worthless if there's no execution and there's no getting her done. I'm a country boy. Daylight's a burning. Let's get her done. Daylight's burning. Let's get her done. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get it. Let's get it. Step out and go. You might want to write this down. To step towards your destiny, you may have to step away from your security. To step towards your destiny, you may have to step away from your security. To go somewhere else, you have to leave where you are. Leave what's known. Leave what's comfortable, what's predictable, what's easy, what, you're, what you like sometimes. Who knows where God would take us if we just let go? I want to ask you, what will your story be? Will it be, well, God was calling me, but I was afraid to go. So I'm nothing but a big old do-nothing. Or would it be, God is calling me, and I went. And boy, do I have an adventure to tell you. The difference of whether or not you'll go when God says go 
is what makes a winner. I'm telling you. God, what is, here's the question I want to ask you. Is God calling you to leave anything? And if he's calling you to leave something, I didn't say you couldn't leave something. Sometimes you need to leave. Sometimes you need to get away. But ask yourself, is God telling me to stay and be planted? Or is he telling me to leave something? And if he's telling you to leave, then where is he calling you to go? Where is he calling you to go? Think about that. The Bible says, I will instruct you and teach you. In Psalms 32, 8, he said, I'll instruct you and I'll teach you the way that you should go. Here's the next one. This one hit my spirit hard this week. As you're executing, as you're moving out, as you're going, listen to this. Expect, everybody say expect. Expect divine connections. When you read this story in Nehemiah, everything I'm preaching today, if you read Nehemiah chapter 1 and chapter 2, you will see this. Expect divine connections. Man, the Lord hit me hard with this. You may be one friendship. You may be one contact. You may be one divine appointment. I was talking to a professional baseball player uh, yesterday who played for the uh, Royals. And, 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 and he was saying, man, I was there with George Brett and Daryl Porter. How many remember those days? And, and I was there in those days. And my talent was the same as those. But I hate to say it, but it's who you know. And I said, even in baseball? Even singers. There's singers that never make the top ten that are maybe better singers than the top ten. But there was a divine connection. Brothers and sisters, may I tell you something? When you are a Christian, you walk in spiritual favor and divine blessings of the Lord. And he's got friendships. He's got contacts. He's got divine appointments. He's got that person that you need to know that will get you to that next level. I'm telling you, you're only one talk away from a better marriage. You're only one confession away from getting set free from addiction. You're only one conversation away from deciding to get in better shape. You're only one mentor away from understanding your gifts and becoming a leader. You're one connection away from the contact that may be to start your business. You're one step away from meeting your spouse. You know, when I came back from college, my dad had sold the farm. That's all I ever knew was the farm. So I lived with Granny, and I called, uh, I called Carl Selvey. I said, you need a hired hand this year? He said, yeah. He said, come plant my beans for me. Come help me work my cattle, plant the beans. I said, that's what I'll do. I'll live with Granny, and I'll work for Carl Selvey, get some money. But God had a different plan. I started missing mom and dad. And dad called me one day. He was a Methodist pastor. He left the farm and went and became a Methodist pastor, him and mom, in Branson, Missouri. Dad called me and he said, what's wrong, son? I said, dad, it's hard coming home and not, the farm's gone. Living with granny just don't feel right. I said, well, maybe you ought to come down and live with me and your mom. I said, we got room. Yeah, maybe. I prayed about it, and I felt the Lord say, yeah, do that. And as I went, so I loaded up the truck, and I moved to Beverly. I loaded up the truck, and um, I moved to Branson, and, uh, and, and I started work. He said, come and work with the youth at the Methodist Church, and I got a job at Walmart. 
let me tell you, you're one connection away from meeting your spouse. That's where I met Carmen. If I'd have stayed at Carl Selby's planting beans and living with Granny, I wouldn't have met Carmen. But I saw that bodacious hot blonde with a midriff reaching up and putting the shoes up. And I was like, <laughs> I was taking the chemicals and trying to put them on the shelf. Holy smoke, who is that? They don't make them like that where I come from. She chased me down. Oh, Lord, she chased me down. She chased me down. We were married in six months. We were married in six months. Guys, I'm telling you, get your vision. Know that when you get your vision and you step out and go, I want you to believe this. Man, I feel an anointing right here. I want you to believe this. There are divine connections in your future. There are divine connections. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, just ask the Lord. Close your eyes and just ask the Lord. I want you to begin to think about this sermon today. I want you to think about what you wrote down on your paper. I want you to close your eyes a minute and think about what you want to change. What you want to change. What God wants to change. Right where you're at today, ask the Lord, God, is there something you want me to stop? Is there something you want me to do? Right now where you're at, I want you to envision the way you'd like a situation or relationship or circumstance. I want you to envision what you'd like that to be like. Maybe you're thinking about a relationship with your kid. Maybe you're thinking about a job or career. Maybe you're thinking about you're not where you want to be with the Lord. He's speaking to you right now. Man, ask him for, if you've gotten to a point where you can't hope anymore, ask him to put hope in you. Ask him to give you a dream. Ask him to give you a vision again. Ask him, the Bible says that he'll give you both the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Have you been fighting a sickness a long time? Ask him for courage today. If you're sitting here today, and there's any place in your life that you're not satisfied, take that to the one who can satisfy. He'll put a vision in your heart. He's even dropping some, a to-do list in your mind right now. Some of you are getting a to-do list. I just saw people grab paper and they're writing. God's telling you some things to do. Hey, you, do you know a business owner, you may be one contract away from your whole business changing. God may be telling you a name right now. You may think this is crazy, but I was teasing when I saw my wife Carmen, but God, honest truth, when I walked by there, I didn't even know her name. And the very first time I saw her, it wasn't a physical, well, it was a physical attraction. Woo, I'm going to get myself in trouble yet. There was a physical attraction, but the Lord spoke to me and said, that's your wife. And get this, she'd been, she was engaged to be married when God told me that. Okay? 
you're one contact away. Last question here today is if you're here today and you don't have Jesus in your heart, every head bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, please. Say, man, the first decision I want to make is I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to be a Christian. Is there anybody in the house today that says that you're not a Christian when you came in, but you would like to be a Christian? Would you just slip your hand up? I won't embarrass you, but it lets me know if I need to pray right now. We'll have a prayer with you. Would you just slip your hand up if you would like to be a Christian today? Would you just slip your hand up if you'd like to be a Christian today? Anybody? I see your hand. Anybody else say, I would like to be a Christian today? Man, that's powerful. The person that raised their hand, I know this is a, wow, that, this is really cool, brothers and sisters. Okay, that person that raised their hand, here, I'm going to talk to you just a minute. What it means to be a Christian is to realize that, that, that we all need a Savior and that we need something more than what we currently have. And for that reason, God sent His Son, Jesus. And Jesus came, and all of our mistakes and all of our hang-ups and all of the things that we're coming short on, Jesus, like, fulfilled that, and He died on the cross for us, and He gives us His righteousness. He takes our sins. He gives us His righteousness. He takes our failures. He gives us His successes. He takes a death that was in us because of Adam and Eve's original sin, and he puts a life in us. That's what a Christian is. So the person that raised your hand, what I want you to do is just to you and God, just say, Lord, I believe that. I believe that you came, that you died, and that you rose again, and I want to accept you into my heart. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. I want everybody to stand up together. Let's all stand up together. That one person that raised their hand, we're all going to pray a prayer together, but this is for the person that raised their hand. I want everybody to pray. Dear Lord, I come to you today, and I realize my need for you. I want you. I want your fulfillment. I want your satisfaction. I want your peace. I want your life in me. Please come into my heart. I give you my life because you gave me yours. And I accept you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I'm positive that was a brand new person that came to the Lord today. That is the most exciting thing of the whole day as far as I'm concerned. Let's give the Lord a hand today. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to close this service. The prayer team, if the prayer team would come forward, they are here to pray with you on anything and everything. So if you need uh, people to stand with you in prayer, you've been given a bad doctor's report, or you're going through a hard time in life, or you just need somebody to encourage you, or, or, or you're just, you just need prayer. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. These guys are here. They're ready to pray for you. And that one person that did ask the Lord in their heart, there's a couple things you can do. You can grab the card out and write your name and your number and say, I received Christ and put it in the back 
and we'll call you this week. Or you can come up and tell one of these prayer people and they have a gift for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the change that's coming. We thank you for divine connections. We thank you your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Take us out, Lord, in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Feel free to come forward with prayer. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.